everyone and welcome to episode 51 of the Talking Football podcast with me, Derek Clark. Thank you very much for your company. As always, every week we try and bring you at least one top-class interview with some of the most colourful and interesting characters in the game. Don't worry if you've missed any so far. You can listen to them all in the archives. They can all be found on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean and on our newly launched website, talkingfitball.co.uk. In this episode, I had the honour of chatting to Dunfermline Athletic Royalty, a man who lived the dream by playing and managing his boyhood club, is of course Bert Payton. Bert's story in the game is fascinating. Before his time at the party, he was on the books of Leeds United as a kid, and a cruel twist of fate meant he missed out on the chance of becoming part of the Don Revy revolution. He did meet his wife down there though, so every cloud. Bert relives his time as a player at East End Park where he lifted the Scottish Cup and came close to starring in a European final. He talks us through his managerial career also in an interview packed with stories and laughs throughout. So sit back and enjoy the latest episode of the Talking Football Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Talking Football Podcast. I'm delighted to say we're joined this week by a Dunfermline legend, Bert Payton no less. Bert, thanks very much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Anything to fill the time in nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, well, it leads us on to the very first question I was going to ask, Bert. How are you coping with the, the coronavirus that's affecting us all at the moment? Well, it was all right to start with when we had plenty of jobs to do around about the house, but they're getting a bit thinner on the ground now, so it's very boring. Yeah, it certainly is. It's, as long as we keep ourselves safe, I think hopefully it'll it'll pass before too long. Um, looking at the career then, Bert, fantastic career in football. Um, growing up back in, was it High Valley Field you were born in? No, that's the place, the mining village. Yeah, but were you always sort of playing football as a, as a youngster? Oh, there was nothing, very little else in those days, you know. It was a local uh, football park, yeah. and life, life revolves around that. If you weren't playing football, you were in the garden school, which was under a tree beside the pitch. <laughs> so if you weren't uh, playing the football, you could go over and get a game of cards or pitch and toss. And that went on all the time in those days. But mainly football, yes. Yeah, did you have any uh, role models, that, any any footballers that you, you wanted to be like? No, really, just my brothers, my, I was one of seven boys, wow. so I had my older brothers, they, they kind of were working by that time and they were able to afford the football, which was a bit of a rarity in the, in the early 50s. Yeah. So really it was uh, my older brother really yeah. encouraged us. Yeah, and did you support a local team back then? Ah, it was always the Pars, always yeah. something. You know, it was always the village was a Celtic or Rangers. You got one or the other, and, and uh, but to know me, I was always for the Pars. Yeah, uh, did you manage to go to East End Park when you were a boy? Very, very seldom. I can remember being there once with a, a pal of mine, but that's about the only time. Then you know, yeah. You just, it was it was a rarity that you know going to the a game, yeah, a big game at East End Park. Yeah, I can imagine it's changed days, isn't it? And you, you oh, start, no. just 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 no half. Um, you never you never seem to go to the village at all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> bit like bit yeah. like today. 
say I believe bit more freedom. Yeah. Um, you started off as a, as a Tully Allen, is that where you, where you kicked off yeah. your, your career? Tully Allen Football Club. I was actually working in the local pit, local colliery. Yeah. And uh, I was going in down the underground and I was in a, mo- a bogey car, which takes you right away into where your workplace was. Yeah. And I, I sat beside a local boy and he, he asked me, who are you playing with there? And I said, nobody. So he got me a game with Tully Allen. Uh, which a uh, year later I was away down to Leeds. Wow, yeah, uh, that leads us nicely on. Of course, Leeds United, you went down there. How did that come about? Did they send send scouts up to watch you? Yeah, there was a, a, a their scout was come from the west of Scotland, and he was seemingly been telling me all the time. And uh, I think it was Weir. I think his name was or is that where he come from. And he was telling me, so he had been watching me quite a few times, so they were ready to move. And then the, in the end, the, the religion United manager at that time was a Jack Taylor. Yeah. And he came up up all the way from Leeds to sign me up to Wallafield. Wow. Uh, Jock Steen was in for me at the same time, but he was supposed to come out the same night. But uh, there was a hung... Hungarian giving his cell, giving a lecture down in Lunnishaw when Jock went away down there and sent his scout out. But the Leeds United manager coming all the way up, you know, I think my father said, well, if anybody does that for you, he's going to look after you. Yeah. And that, that swayed it. Yeah, absolutely. But did he come to your, your house and speak to your mum and dad then? Um... Yeah, well, yeah, all the way up to Wallafield. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Half the street was falling on him. <laughs> Wonder why we got to the local court or something. <laughs> and of course, going away down to Leeds. I mean, that must have been. I mean, it's a rarity, like you said, leaving the village. But to go all the way down there, it must have seemed like the the end of the earth going all the way down there. Yeah, it was a bit. But but I was from a family fifteen originally, Oof. and there was twelve left. So. I think my, my mother helped push me out the door to get a, <laughs> to get a wee bit more room. <laughs> so, so you go uh, you go down to Leeds, of course. You're, you're still a young uh, young man at this stage. What, what was it like when you went down there? Did you sort of stay in digs and, and things like that? Yeah, yeah, I was in digs. Uh, there was a boy from Chesterfield, Jeff Martin. The two of us were in the digs, but there were boys scattered all over. You know, Billy Brender was in one yeah. of the other houses uh, at that time. Uh, it was all those digs then, you know. Yeah. Did you pal about or, or mix with Billy at all? Oh, well, there was three uh, Scots boys. There was Billy and myself, and there was a boy called, uh, oh, I, I, remember, I forget his name, a Scottish boy. He was older than us, and he could afford the car. So at long weekends, we used to come up. Uh, he used to take us up. He dropped us in Falkirk. He come from... Uh, Dennis Muir, the older one. Yeah. Billy was Stirling, and I was the Fairman area. So we got our buses from there, and then we met up on the Tuesday of that to go back down. Uh, so there were three years, so we were mixing all the time, yeah. Yeah, that that have been that have been brilliant back then when mixing with all those. And of of course, you're down at Leeds United. And what did you make at Ellen Road and all that when when you were down and seen it? Oh, it was a big big club then. You know, there still are. It was just unfortunate because uh, I had done all right. I'd scored a lot of goals in the third, third team and the second team. Yeah. 
But but what happened then was that the the players voted to come out and strike in England and the PFA brought the players out and strike to get the minimum wage abolished. Yeah. Which was around about twenty pound, twenty five pound at that time. So what happened then was the the, the I think it was Johnny Haynes that got a hundred pound a week, which was unheard of, you know. So most of the clubs pruned their staff to to help pay the wages to the uh, first team players then. Yeah. So there was a record number of frees that year, and unfortunately, I was one of them. Yeah. Do you ever look back, Bert, and think uh, if you if you, oh, if you could have stayed the time, down there? <laughs> yeah. All the time. I mean, Norman Hunter, poor Norman, just died there. Yeah. He was one of the young boys at that time too, a wee bit younger than me. And uh, there's some great players then, Jack Charlton and all these boys. Yep, yep. Some, some Billy was just starting coming to the fore. In fact, I think Billy was in digs with Don Revy at one time. Yeah. He took over the manager's job. Yeah. Did you, did you have any dealings with Don at all? Did, 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 you, did you meet him at all? Oh, man, he was a player when we first went down there. Yeah. You know, and then he, he took over the miser's job uh, when Jack Taylor was, uh, was sacked. Yeah. So, yeah, he was just another player then, you know. He was, yeah. he was struggling at that time. He was well into his 30s, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they went on, of course, Don was, was a legendary figure down there now, isn't he? he went on well, and... that's, that's right. I mean, uh, I look back and say, well, I could have been part of that, but. It didn't work out that way. Yeah, things uh, turn out differently sometimes. You, you come back up the road then, of course, and Jock comes back in for you again and, and, and brings you back up to, to Dunfermline. Yeah, well, I had met, met my wife by that time, the Leeds girl. Yeah, I was going to ask, did, uh, yeah, you, you, I, was, I was reading that, you met, you, you met your wife down there, how did all that come about? Well, you know what like young boys are, <laughs> looking around. <laughs> but, uh, it was one of the local dance hall in Leeds that we, we met at first. So we were when they come at the end of the season, we went on holiday. Me and my my wife, or my future wife, went to Butlins in Skegness. Wow! And it was and I was there. I got a telegram from Jock Steen. It's one of those. Uh, I don't know. You'll you'll be too young to remember. He just used to get a brown envelope. Nobody used to come with a wee red bicycle. Uh, motorbike wow. and uh, they just tell me not to do anything until I spoke to him and it went from there yeah you came up and of course Dunfermline being your, your boyhood club were you delighted to sign for them to sign for the Pars Belt oh yeah yeah there were all sorts of offers you know mainly uh, non-league in England yeah. I think when uh, anybody's freed from a bigger club the non-league boys uh, teams just post on a an offer anyway without even knowing you, you know. Yeah. So it was quite a lot of them. But uh, I was quite happy to come up. Yeah. What was Jock like as a as a coach and what was his sort of training sessions like and his man well, management it, skills? In those days he used to do a lot of running and uh, around the pitch and under the up and down the terrace and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but when Jock came it was all done with the ball then. He brought the ball and you were doing your work running after the ball or doing different drills. So he, he was just in the forefront of uh, the whole thing changing now looking into training, you know? Yeah, definitely. And can you remember making your, your debut for Dunfermline at all? No. No. <laughs> My debut. My wife would tell me that. <laughs> oh, Dundee away. I think the year Dundee won the league. 
think I played right against enough, yeah. them. We went up there and beat them up there. Uh, when the, that's the year they won the league, I scored that game. Yeah, and the thing well, the thing is, been back then the likes of Dundee and Dunfermline and all that they were they were a great sides, weren't they? Well, oh, there were some cracking oh. players that you, you played alongside, Bert. Yeah, I think that that game there was nineteen thousand. I think it was a Tuesday night or something. Yeah, nineteen thousand at that game. But, uh, I mean, it was uh, Biggie and yours, Cox and Hamilton, uh, Gordon Smith. They had good players, you know. We sure Robertson was with them then. Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, Alan Yeah, class players, weren't they? And, uh, of oh, course, geez, aye. With yourself, you, man, you, you played alongside the likes of uh, Pat Gardner and, and uh, the great Alex Ferguson as well. What, what, what were those two like to play with? Aye, oh, good, good. Fergie at that time was just a, a pair of scary movies, isn't they? All <laughs> carry on. And, and if there was anything uh, going in the dressing room, winding people up or that, you know, it was... He was he was always involved. Paddy was a bit quieter, but he, he could sing and dance and do anything he wanted. But really good players, and they, they seemed to combine well with them. You know, they seemed to get a link with certain players, and and we got that with Paddy Parkhammer and the Fergie. Yeah. In the years the years that Fergie was there, the three years he was there, it was a an exceptional period. We scored some goals. That, you know, I, I remember. I think. If my memory's right, Fergie scored 42 that year, I think. Wow. And I scored uh, 28, I think it was. Yeah. And I think Jim Fleming, who played between Alec and I, he, he got quite a few too. So it was a really high scoring time we had. So they were a very strong team at that time. Of course, we were finishing, uh, we should have won the league at one time, yeah. really. Yeah, that that year. I mean, Kilmarnock won the league, of course. That year, you, you well, missed that it. You missed it yeah. by a point as well. So that point. Yeah, we drew with St Johnston at home. I think it was. And yeah. If we'd have won that, we'd have won the league. And it was uh, a bit hard to take, but that's yeah. the way it goes. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it goes indeed. You did win the Scottish Cup, of course. You you were there, and um, of you missed it. The was it the '65 Scottish Cup final that you missed? You were injured that game, I think. Yeah, um, I got injured against the Folk. Clubs at Atlantic. Yeah, McCartley's locked on the on the park, and that was that was the me out of that one. Yeah, uh, you mentioned your third Atlantic. What, what I mean, obviously, of course, they're not in existence anymore. But can you remember going to Cathkin Park and, and and playing there? What was that like to play there? Yeah, it was all right. They, they had a good team then, Hilly Harley and Gray at that time. Yeah, I think Big Jordan Young was the the manager. But the, the thing that sticks out about me in that that ground was. I think uh, the dressing room, there was a games room above the dressing room and they were playing table tennis or something. And every time they jumped about, all the dust come down on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was, a, it was a, a miss when it went away in the end, really. Yeah. Not for us, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you, then you won that Scottish Cup, of course, in 68. Uh, you beat Hearts by uh, three goals to one. Uh, can you remember... Much about the the run that year and, and the final itself. Uh, I remember some of it. I don't remember it all. Yeah. Uh, but I remember, uh, I think it was. I don't know who was the first game. Was it Aberdeen? I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, anyway, I remember the quarter final was against Paddock Thistle at home. Yeah. And uh, I think we played the Rangers on the Wednesday, and I hurt my knee. And I was struggling to make the game, uh, the game on the Saturday, but uh, they, they talked me into playing anyway, and I was having a nightmare. 
uh, and it wasn't until 10 minutes from the end or something that eventually got through and scored the goal and because uh, everybody's got you as the big hero and if yeah. they had subs on that day, I'd have been off. I think. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and and right. I mean, and beating Hearts three one at hand in that that day. I was reading as well. You weren't you weren't able to uh, have a lap of honour at the end of the game. So that was that was a bit of a strange no, one. No, that was ridiculous. That. But I think in the year before, I think it was the League Cup final. Celtic Rangers had dried. You know, they'd come on the park and all that, and uh, that's the reason why they they banned. I love the honour, but I mean, Hearts and Hibs, Hearts and Dunfermline, yeah. who was going to get trouble there? Very little, I would yeah. But it's, there was quite a, an argument at the end when they wouldn't let us back out, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. I had, I had, I had gone in, I had gone into the restroom because I had my two front teeth were in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so I had run in. And I think the manager thought I was running towards him when I run right past something up the tunnel to get my two teeth. And by the time I come out, they wouldn't let me out. They wouldn't let us out then. <laughs> <laughs> so I missed a lot of the arguments. But I remember Roy arguing with a big inspector, Roy Barry, arguing with a very big inspector and going on for everything because it was thoughtless, <laughs> you know. I can imagine. Uh, of course, playing at, playing at Hamden as well must be like one of the pinnacles of your career, I guess, as well. Oh, that was a big, big day. The problem was we, we were very, very confident that year. We, we had beaten basically all the teams in it. Yeah. So we were very, very confident going to the semi-finals. You know, although we were a wee bit lucky with St Johnston the first game, but we went to the second game and we beat them then. But the first game we were a wee bit lucky. I think we got treated them a wee bit too light. Yeah. And uh, I was reading as well, you you headed back to Dunfermline, there wasn't a sort of a celebration laid on or anything like that at all? No, no, there wasn't. It was, uh, we'd done the bus uh, from the, down the high street with the old top bus down to the city chambers and yeah. we were on the balcony there waving to everybody and a huge crowd, but there was nothing laid on. I don't know why that was now, even yeah. now. I couldn't understand it. But all I can remember is going home with my wife after it and stopping in Hallbeat for a fish and chips. <laughs> fish. So I had a, we had a fish supper. I was staying in Kakodi at that time. Yeah. So on the way home, we, we stopped at Hallbeat and had fish supper. <laughs> <laughs> because we were starving, there was nothing laid on, you see. <laughs> of, course, of course, at that time when, when you won the trophy, George Farm was in, was in charge. What, what was he like as a, as a coach, Bill? Uh-huh. Oh, he was some man. He was some man, but he had a great time for me. He was, he, he, he didn't have to look after me, you know. Yeah. Uh, but probably because I gave him what I had anyway every game, so that's, he didn't, they didn't like you if you're not doing that. Yeah. But I, I had a lot of time for him, although he, he, he raised a lot of arguments with different people, you know. He was an awful abrupt man, you know. Mm. But he, he certainly had a, he inherited the team at a good time. Yeah. You know, some good players, some very good players then. And uh, they kind of more or less uh, run things for him. Yeah. Some of the senior boys. Yeah, definitely. And of course, the, the club were competing in, in Europe uh, quite regularly as well uh, oh, in the yeah, 60s. Yeah. Some, something you, you struggle to... Um, younger folk will struggle to get their head around that that, that really. But you, you reached the the, the cup winners cup semi final and 
68-69 you played Slovan Bratislava who went on to win this trophy of course and beat Barcelona in the final but you uh, almost remember, made the final didn't you I mean can you remember much about that game? I remember the, the, the European games obviously in the 60s it was a, probably a novelty because it was unheard of then yeah. these teams it was just starting to come to the fore uh, European games plus uh, the floodlights had started coming into being too ah, yeah. so they were they were special special nights uh-huh. uh, the crowds were amazing you know so but but uh, to get to the semi-final was uh, we got a wee bit lucky against West Brom down there when we, yeah. we drew at East End Park and we beat them one nothing down there but we scored early Paddy Gardner scored early and uh, we, we hung on it was a very very cold Wednesday night, so probably that worked in our favour. Yeah. But uh, the, the Czech, uh, Sloven were a good team. Fully Czech international players, you know. Yeah. So, you know, they were very, very good players in the boat. <laughs> I always remember one incident. And this this boy, uh, this player, I think it was Jokol, is his name or something like that, and he was yeah. going about kicking everybody else. There were boys, you know, in the. Because half time I said, Christ, somebody will need to nail him. He's getting away with murder. So when we sent her the ball, uh, I had gives it to me in the afternoon and give it back to the park. And as I'm turning back around, I say, I say this guy's coming right towards me to do me. So it's a valuable boy with the day I held first. <laughs> and he went, he, he, went, he went down as if he had been pole axed. And I held in the stomach, man. Oh, I heard was oh, the boy had just been running past me. <laughs> <laughs> the boys are saying, "Oh, well done there, well done there." <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was in the the second game. Yeah, but, uh, it was disappointing, but they were really beating a, a good team. Yeah, yeah, they were a top class side, and of course they went and beat Barcelona in the final. And um, in terms of opponents, Bert, was was there anyone that you came up against that you knew you were? You were in a game that that day. Was there any difficult players that you, you faced? No, no, I, I didn't used to worry about anybody. Yeah. You know, I just took it as a come. But there was one boy. Uh, he played for the Hearts. He was a, a, I think he was a Danish, and uh, he, I could never kick a ball against him. He followed me everywhere, mm. and, and uh, I remember talking to the Hibs boys later on, and they said. You know this bear, he says, you're the only boy you can play against. He <laughs> <laughs> says, my brother, every week. I said, you're joking. I said, I said no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, good. absolutely. Uh, of course, uh, the 60s were the golden period for, for the for the Pars. The, the club were uh, eventually relegated, 71-72, uh, and you left at the end of 72, and you, um, were you sad to, to leave when the time came, Bert? Yeah, oh, it had all changed. I mean, all the, the changes at boardroom level. And, yeah. and I was working with the communities by that time, and I was enjoying that, but they, they wanted to make cutbacks, so I volunteered to go. Yeah, and of course, you, you went to Berwick Rangers for a bit, but you suffered, a, was it was it a couple of broken legs you got there? Um, in, got, in, in 1969, I got a, a very bad injury. Uh, Common duty uh, compound double fracture of the right leg, which which really I never got over. Yeah, to be quite honest. Yeah, 
Uh, it was a bad, bad time, you know. Yeah, uh, but were you, were you thinking back then as well when you're sort of cut, knowing that you might have to hang up the boots? You, you fancied going into the, the coaching side of things? Yeah, it's always something I quite fancied. You know, I was quite interested in the training side of everything. So uh, I went to a junior club then, and uh, we started there. And then George Parham come and asked me to come down to race rovers. Yeah, and uh, from then. He, he, I was offered the manager's job at Cowden Bay, so I went there. And then race over sack for George Palm, so I went back there as manager. But after six months, I told them where to go. <laughs> uh, because there was a wee bit of interference. And then uh, yeah. my friend, John Haggart, was manager of the Hearts. Yeah. He came in for me then to be his assistant. So I was there. And then John, they got rid of John, and Willie Orman came in, and he... He says, I'll look after you, but unfortunately he didn't. But by this time I had a pub now. Yeah. So I was quite busy anyway. So but when he let me down there, I just left. I said, no, no, I'm leaving. So I went back to the pub and, and then Alec come for me after a yeah. year or so. And uh, we had a great season at Dumbarton. Alec High. And then St. Johnston come for, for Alec and, the pair of us so up to St Johnston we had a great time there and yeah. five glorious years before they they started popping their noses in again yeah uh, uh, from there I was back out again and then uh, Don family come in yeah well, they were struggling actually and I applied and I uh, was fortunate to get this job with my friend Dick Campbell yeah, uh, yeah. You mentioned touching on on Alec Totten. Of course, you, you were teammates at, at Dunfermline at the time. Did you have to think uh, hard when when he asked you to to, to join him at, at Dumbarton there, Bert, or were you delighted to do so? Oh, I was delighted because well, we were big pals. Yeah, uh, Alec. In fact, the two years we we got bad for training in the afternoons. We were doing that much, enjoying the <laughs> training and all that. <laughs> They told us you're doing too much and leave nothing for a Saturday. Tiring. <laughs> so they were probably quite right at the time. <laughs> but you get carried away, you know, going in and playing sides in the afternoon and all that. Yeah, it's funny. We had Alec on a wee while ago. He talked about his uh, the St Johnston time, of course, two promotions in, in three seasons. He worked wonders there, didn't he? And I think he got manager oh. of the year or what have you. And then, like you say, he, he left the club and it was left a sort of bad taste in the mouth there. Aye, aye. But, uh, you know what I like football is. Sometimes these things yeah. go for a wee while, then bang. You just when you're there, all, all right. Yeah. Things change. But it's certainly a great time. I mean, we, we were moving into the new stadium. We were just yep. moving into the new stadium at that time when what a boost back into the area. Yeah. You know, they were, they were getting sell out gates and here they had pair. Yeah. You know, at that time, it was really good, really. Really great team spirit there, and a great bunch of boys, good players. Yeah. You know, so we really enjoyed that five years I did. I did. Yeah, and of course, like you said, when you made the manager at Dunfermline in 93, it must have been a proud moment after playing for the club for so long to go back and, and take charge as a manager. Yeah, when you see the, the way the club was by that time, you know, there was needing somebody in to, yeah. to get things moving and because when we went in, we got told there's no money. I said, well, that's fine. I said, well, we'll get on with the job and see how it works out. And of course, they, they, would, they were 
quite prepared to help us any time they could. The, the board, you know, the chairman was first class, Mr. Woodrow. Yeah. And he had a great relationship with him. And, and then we got some good players. We tried to get a smile on their face and get them joining it because it was a bit doom and gloom. Yeah. And, and you know, and we, Dick was good that way. Dick, Dick used to tell stories he still tell them <laughs> 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 he still says he's making a living now, and now. <laughs> yeah, I was, right, go, I was right. going to ask you about that the, the relationship with Dick Campbell because uh, uh, you formed a, a great relationship of course with, with him at, at Dunfermline and, and it certainly worked yeah well that was a good cop he was a bad cop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that was a bad cop he was a good cop right? the other way around Dick used to, you know, if I was getting on to him and they were upset, Dick would sort it out. But, but uh, great, great atmosphere, you know. And uh, Dick and I had been working at C.R. Smith yeah. doing night shifts, night shifts and that. And wow. Dick's, Dick's brother, Pink, his twin, Dick's twin brother had uh, got us a job there. And we used to give him, he used to come around with a suit and tie he was a senior management then, and Dick and I were the rolls calling him for everything. <laughs> we said we were, the, we're the, the, old, the worst paid YTS boys in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> so he came into it, and then uh, he used to come in on a Saturday after we had picked the team, Dick and I picked the team, and, and he would tear it to the ribbon and told us, we know nothing about it. And so did my daughter. My daughter used to say, you don't know what, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> my daughter used to say, and she used to go to the games with my wife. Good, good, good days. Great, yeah. great time there for a while. Ah, they certainly were. And of course, the, the, the team you guided, the, the team is promotion in uh, 96 into the, the, the Premier League. That, what was so special about that year? Oh, that was great. That was a great time. Uh, uh, getting up with the big boys. What we struggled with, we struggled for two years beforehand, but then yeah. we made it in the third time, which uh, was a big, big relief. But, but uh, there was nothing to fear, you know, I didn't fear anything in the Premier League because we had quite a good squad. And, and uh, I said that at the time, there was nothing to fear up there. Yeah. And that, that's how it proved. But the first year is always a bonus, you know, because they don't know you too well and everything's on a high and everybody's up for it. Yeah. But the second year was more difficult than the third. But uh, oh, a really, really uh, great achievement, that one. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, I was going to touch on as well, of course, that uh, the sad news that Nori McCarthy t- uh, died in 96 oh, as well. How, how hard was that for, for you, Bert, and oh, the club to deal with? Oh, that was a big blow because Nori was, was determined, really. Yeah. He was uh, such a great character, a great leader. Yeah. Uh, guys, you know, and he was—he really enjoyed his training. A great mixer with the boys, kept them all going. And for a captain, great captain for me. Norris words what is it? He used to stand at the door before we went out. and says, "If you don't want to wear your shirt, play for the shirt. Stay in the dressing room." That's what he used to say every <laughs> game. Ah, it was a very, very difficult, sad time, really. Yeah, uh, and of course you—you you left the club in. Uh, uh, 1999, early 99, after uh, some some poor results in the main, but but you just did you just have enough bird? You just feel that you, you, it was time for a I change. Think it, I think the difficult thing is we managing your local team because you yeah. can't go out the door, you know. Uh, 
I couldn't go into Dumfermline town centre or anywhere round about, not get stopped, you know, with people want to talk about football or, yeah. you know, want to say this or that and other. Quite good, kind hearted, like, just talking football, but it didn't matter if you're in a restaurant or wherever, you were always getting stopped, you know, and it, it, you were no escape from it really because it was a 24 hour job anyway. So there was a lot of stress. Yeah. And, uh, I was sitting there at a dining table with my wife and two girls, and, and I wouldn't even know they were there. Yeah. You know, your, your mind's way elsewhere all the time. Yep. And it was them, mainly them, it says, you know, that they had seen a big difference in me. Because I'd lost quite a, over a stone, stone and a half, you know, just, just with the stress of the whole thing. Yeah. And so we just decided enough was enough. And, and Dick was there, and I would like to see him get a chance anyway. So I recommended them to give Dick the job, but they they were they were way ahead of us. They had someone else planned. Yeah, and did you like you say? But you left Dunfermline. Did did you fancy getting back into uh, football at, at any stage at another club? No, really. No, no, really. No, I was quite happy then. I was getting. I was in my sixties by then. Yeah. Uh, so I was quite happy. Just spend time with the family and that. Try and enjoy that side of it. I didn't get time to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I still go, still go back there. Still welcome back there all the time. But things change. Clubs change. People change, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's all different. But the sporters always seem to be the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right there. Yeah, I was going to ask that. I mean, it's, it must be great going back now. You can... It's a, it's a lot less stressful to go back and, and watch the Dunfermline nowadays and, and get a, a great reception that you get every time you go back. Uh, well, I'm, I'm in with the old players, the ex-players. You know, yeah. uh, I get mixed with them. I'm on the committee with them and we meet every so often. So it's not too many of us, though. I could like to do a lot more. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, it's good, good times, but... Uh, I like going back, but I don't, I don't like going and criticising, you know, because it's so easy to do that. Yeah. And there's enough people doing it without me doing it. And it's, and it's hard when you see things, you know, and you, you have to bite your tongue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, finally, Bert, I wanted to ask you, obviously you played with, with some great players during your, your career, of course. Is, is there one player that, that stood out as, as the best for you? No, I just enjoyed them all at Dunfermline. There yeah. were, were so many different characters. But one of the things I always uh, had tried to do when I was with anybody, any teams, was to get some of the boys from Glasgow because they're a, they're a different class. They come with full of it and they're so cocky. and mm. You know, they come in the dressing room, let's get in any of these MCs. And of course, you get all the wee choir boys sitting in the corner and they're, they're getting them pumped up. <laughs> and uh, so, for the team spirit, you know, the wee Alan Moores and yeah. Jerry Britton, boys like that, and great crack, Harry Kern. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic boys. And always had a mixture. We had a mixture at Perth at St. Johnston, and we had a mixture at Dumbarton, and we had a mixture at Dumbarton. We, yeah. we had all the success. And, and I always try to get on uh, in with them, so I loved all them. Yeah, see, see if you had a sort of a player in the dressing room, Bert, that, that might have been a bit troublesome or um, was maybe causing a, a bit of trouble for uh, for you. How how would you go about dealing with dealing with that? Sure, I do. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Excellent. Uh, if anybody was ever looking at in the, in the game, it was Alexi Brancroft and Bill Shankney, boys like that at that time. Yeah. They were great uh, role models for us. Probably, obviously, Jock's team must be boys like that. Come from the mining area. Yeah. You know, great. Yeah, great, great days and a great career, Bert. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much for for coming on the podcast. I've, I've enjoyed hearing your story. Okay, thanks very much for phoning. Cheers, Bert. Tara. Catch you. Bye. Cheers. Bye bye. Well, that was episode 51 of the Talking Football Podcast with Bert Payton. As always, I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you want to listen to any previous episodes, you can catch them all on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, and by visiting the newly launched website, talkingfitball.co.uk. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Talking underscore football, and we're on Facebook as well. Hope you can join me again next time. But until then, stay safe and bye for now.